Welcome to Art Heroes with JPH, where we believe art can heal, connect, and galvanize. I'm your host, Joanna Patrice Taggarty. On this show, I am honored to have some of the nation's most innovative leaders, artists, creative business owners, and their dogs to share their unique and valuable experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. Today with me is Melissa McKenney, who is a singer-songwriter and musician living in Asheville, North Carolina. Before moving here from West Virginia, she spent 15 years as the owner of Stages Music School and the founder and director of the One Voice Project, an artist development program that offers young musicians the opportunity to travel with an empowerment and mental health awareness concert. She is the lead singer of Mama and the Ruckus, who recently won the honor of competing in the International Blues Competition in Memphis. She is a resident artist with Leaf Global Arts and has a passion for giving young people the opportunity to use their voice to make a positive difference in their communities and the world. She is the co-founder of the Women to the Front Music Festival, coming back for its second year in Dree. Melissa enjoys organizing events that benefit people or causes that she is passionate about. Most recently, she helped organize the No Simple Disruption Modesky and Friends event at the Salvage Station. I brought Melissa on to talk about her work as an artist and creative change maker. But first, Melissa, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. And honestly, I have to admit, I had wanted to get you on last year for the first Women to the Front event. So I feel really excited. We get to talk about that some today and and unpack all of the amazing creative projects you've done in your career. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited about everything that's coming up. Yeah, it sounds so cool. But before we go there, I always ask first-time guests to unpack a little bit of their young life and how it relates to the work that you do now. So what inspired you in your young life in arts and creativity, and how did that instill the person that you are today? Well, I grew up since a very, very young age singing in my church choir. I Mm. loved to sing, and uh, my grandfather was a guitar player, and my sister and I used to just sit and listen to him play for hours, and he played harmonica, and so I think that's where my love for music came from. Mm. Um, My mother's side of the family is Lebanese, and I had a lot of nuns in my family, (laughs) and I was pretty obsessed as a young kid with Mother Teresa, and I could never, like, understand how she just every day got to spend her time going out in the world and helping people, and I was so inspired by her, and I read all these books about her, and I used to ask my family all the time um, about, like, their, like, what it meant to be that. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I was pretty obsessed with it. Like, yeah. um, as a young kid, I wanted to be famous. I thought if I could be a famous singer, that I would have a voice uh, that would be larger that I could use to to do good with. So that was kind of the <laughs> that was kind of the what started um, all of this um, passion, I guess. For what an amazing. Music. Impetus, and you know what's interesting is before I even knew who Mother Teresa really was, I told my mom that that was what I wanted to be when I grew up. So, like, I thought she was a profession. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, I did too. I did too. That is so funny that we have that in common. Oh my gosh! And you said primarily your voice when you started getting into it was it your voice or did you start with some instruments? I mean, what did that look like? 
I took piano as a, as a really young, I think maybe at about six or seven, I started piano lessons, but I took from a teacher who was very um, traditional in her teaching. And so I had to learn classical music, which um, although I grew to respect when I was older, it was never my passion. I didn't like it. And then, you know, I had to train classical when I was in vocal training. and I didn't like that either. <laughs> um, I wish the back then that I had had a teacher that would have taught me blues and jazz, which is, you know, where my, my love is. Um, so when I opened the school, that's kind of what I, you know, used that inspiration to, uh, you know, be able to offer kids the opportunity to learn music how they wanted to learn music, whether it was, you know, gospel or jazz or rock, or we even had some kids who were, you know, playing metal music and bluegrass and everything. And, uh, yeah. So I just did everything kind of the opposite of how I was brought up, I guess. (laughs) Well, you know what? We all find what works for us, whether we lean in or we get curious in other ways. I really, really want to talk about the Stages Music School. So how did that come about? What was the inspiration? And how the heck did you build a business like that? I mean, that's just amazing. I just want to talk about the inspiration and some of the labor of love that I'm sure it was to get to even opening the doors and then running for 15 years. It was definitely, it must have been magic because I I look back and I'm not really (laughs) sure how I did it. I was a single parent. I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my sister um, had just opened a business on this street in uh, downtown Princeton, West Virginia, and the street was dilapidated and falling apart. It was overrun with crime, and um, the buildings were literally falling falling down, but my Mm. sister had this vision that we could rebuild the the community in that town. And so she pretty much drugged me back to Princeton. Um, (laughs) I was a single parent, as I said. And so, you know, coming home was, you know, good. My daughter was in second grade, I believe, when I went back to West Virginia. And so um, got a building in downtown where people literally did not want to come because the crime was so bad. Yeah. And just started, um, started teaching and it grew really quickly uh, because there was no nowhere else around that offered kind of creative um, music instruction that we were offering and we started you know putting kids in bands and doing performances regularly our performances were all around um, you know community building so we would do um, events to raise money for charities um, or you know families that were in need and so kids got all of this experience playing their instruments in front of people and singing in front of people. And it just helped them grow as young musicians. And then we uh, we lost a young child to suicide, um, mm. an 11-year-old boy. And he was bullied pretty badly by the same group of kids that were bullying my daughter and bullying other students of mine in this small town. And it was a long story, but my daughter wrote a song about her experience, um, mm. you know, with, with losing a classmate and dealing with um, that and started sharing it in schools. And we started getting asked to do that more. And it seemed like all of my students were dealing with that same, you know, depression and anxiety. And they started sharing their stories through music. And then we built the One Voice Project just accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. And then it just grew and grew and grew. and. Um, Yeah. Well, I want to say, I think that you've mentioned accident and magic. And I think that what I'm hearing is you've really 
tuned in to your purpose and the values that you bring to this world. And I just am really honored to have people like you around. So I don't, I don't think any of this is accidents or magic. I think you work (laughs) working hard, girl. I got to say that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Especially when you're supporting youth through evolving into adulthood and losing someone at an early age to suicide is so difficult because we feel like we wanted to show them more. And so why not use these opportunities to let people grieve and connect? I mean, it's just one of the most powerful things that we can do as humans, right? Yeah, absolutely. The The last line in the song that my daughter wrote, it was called Invisible Scars. Mm. The last line was, I'm going to make a change in your name. Mm. And that kind of became like the, um, you know, the purpose behind all of it. And, you know, as we you know, moved through and as it grew, you know, it just kind of, that vision just grew bigger. Wow. I mean, I may be a little bit in tears over here. Don't mind me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Coming from a mental health background in particular, I've always known that the arts really heal and connect. And so that's just so amazing. Well, let's talk about the decision to like move to Asheville and maybe put some of these other parts down or move them here with you? What what was that process like? What was that decision like for you? Well, first of all, I never thought I could leave. I, mm. I had poured my entire life, yeah. <laughs> my daughter's entire childhood, like everything I poured into my business and into that project. And I didn't think I could survive, you know, financially or any other way um, without that, um, without you know, being there, but I went through a series of traumatic events that happened pretty quickly back to back that um, it really was, you know, one of the biggest parts of me needing to leave the area, but also my daughter had moved to Asheville. We, we were working with Leaf Global Arts um, with her band. She had a band, they were called The Change, they were an all-female band, and, you know, using their voice to make a change in the world. And so we started, they started playing with Leaf, and then they became resident artists with Leaf. And so we were coming here twice a year. And when my daughter, you know, had to make the decision about college, she decided to come to Asheville. And so I was already coming backward, back and forth a lot because she was dealing with some health issues. And I was here a lot just to, to help her navigate that. And just really fell in love with Asheville. And one day I just started spending more time in Asheville and <laughs> stopped going back to West Virginia. <laughs> I never really, I, I'm serious. I literally, literally left everything I owned in, in West Virginia. It's still, my business is still there. and still thriving under the, um, the management of one of my teachers and I, all of my, everything I own is still there. Um, <laughs> and I just started rebuilding my life here. I, uh, um, you know, started a, a really long healing process and um, yeah, and it's been magic. This community has given me so much and I just feel I have so much to give back to it, um, you know, for that reason. Mm, Wow. And you know, it's so funny, Melissa, even though we've like circled the scene, I was actually the hospitality coordinator at Leaf Festival during those years when the change was coming and just watching all of the (laughs) local adults and the local music scene, the you know, just attendees come and be so inspired and empowered by these young women, like love that touch point, (laughs) love seeing that. 
and love what you've been able to do with bringing yourself here. So let's talk a little bit about that. You're the lead singer of Mom on the Ruckus. You've been working with Leap Global Arts. Where should we start now? <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I have been so lucky to like, just, I've just been so lucky to get connected to all of these incredible opportunities here. Um, I, like I said, I feel like I have so much to, to put back into, into the world based on what I, you know, have been given so many gifts here. And I don't know, I guess maybe, um, I'm really excited about Mama and the Ruckus. Let's I, talk um, about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, put away my career to raise my daughter and mm -hmm. to raise the school and, you know, a whole generation of little musicians that are now out in the world, you know, really, really doing it. And so for me to come back to my music has been really special. It was really hard. I dealt with a lot of, um, doubt, you know, self-doubt and, um, you know, didn't really feel worthy of putting time into myself. Sure. Um, and anyway, I just, I almost quit a bunch of times and then I ended up just magically falling into this group of young men who are not much older than my daughter. <laughs> um, and they are my best friends now. They have, um, provided me with a, a musical project that is definitely the most, the most special thing I've ever been a part of as far as my own music. Mm. Uh, yeah. And it's got a lot of momentum behind it. And we're having a really, really good time. Yeah. So tell me the international blues competition in Memphis. What was that like? What was that experience? I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was, it was magic because it was an accident that it happened at all. Um, we had entered the contest kind of on a whim and um, put this band together literally for the contest we record we wrote and recorded an entire album in the course of about three months and uh we went to memphis with you know just wanting to be inspired by by the blues i the blues has been a huge part of of my life i was mentored by a blues band an appalachian blues band from west virginia and um i uh yeah it's just always been my love and going to Memphis as part of this competition. We got to hear some great music. Wow. I love that conversation. I'm so about it. Okay. So I'm really curious to hear how, you know, WTF or women to the front got started and what last year really looked like for you. Well, I think one of the things that was so magic about this move to Asheville is I'd worked so hard and so long. I had really not um, had time for like establishing friendships and, um, you know, I was, my daughter was grown now and here I was like out in this world all alone. And I, <laughs> I just met so many incredible women here. And I was just always just so surprised at how supportive and how everybody just was lifting each other up and it just was so inspiring. So I, I started this with, I was talking with some friends. I was like, we ought to start a women's group and just start to get together and play music. And, um, so I had this big party at my house and I think we started at, as MWA, M-W-A, <laughs> Musical Women of Asheville. And so we had this big party and everybody was talking. And uh, one of my friends, Danny Cox, felt really passionate about um, about women and about um, equitable pay for women and for all musicians in, in, in this community. And so she was like, we really need to have a music festival and just focus on women. And so her and I got together and started... Um, brainstorming and I was like I love creating festivals <laughs> like, which is an intense thing for people to say <laughs> trust me as an event producer like that's a rare thing for people to say 
Oh my gosh. I got so excited and we just like jumped in, we dove in and it just, you know, really just spent about four months of my life just, um, you know, working together with Danny and, um, and put this thing together and it went really well. It was really successful. It was at New Belgium Brewing and it was well attended. Everybody was happy. All the vendors were happy. The only complaint we had is that people wished it was longer. <laughs> That's the best so, complaint you could ever get, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it was so special. And, you know, I just feel like it further connected me to, like, all of the magic. Oh, my gosh, there's so many magical women in this town. <laughs> and then, you know, on top of that, there's so many magical men, too. I mean, we have such – this community of musicians is just – it's so special. I, I'm just so, so, I'm having a hard time not saying any cuss words. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so, so thankful for this community and for, you know, the support that, you know, that it offers people. And I think that, you know, when you uh, step into this community, you get this embraced with this big hug and, and then, you know, just being able to, to give that back is you know what most everybody's doing here it's so crazy I love it well and I want to honor your mentality right because I also know that you know you seem a little more extrovert I could be wrong but you seem like you're great at getting out and connecting there are plenty of artists that are are having a hard time with that part of it right feeling a little isolated feeling a little alone like I want you to hear what Melissa is saying right you have a community here or somewhere or online you have communities everywhere we are here. We want you to be a part of us. We want you to connect with us. But it does require sometimes stepping out of that comfort zone, right? If going to that open jam feels a little scary, like it's okay to do it, right? Melissa, you are such a, a light for showing the benefit of networking and coming to the table in a giving mentality. And so I just, I really wanted to highlight that for others who don't always see either Asheville or the music scene or, you know, anything like that in quite the same light you have. I think you've done so much internal work to make that work. And for the last like minute or two before we have to wrap up, is there anything you want to say about 2023, either the fest or mama and the ruckus? What's, what's exciting for you? Well, I think I would just, uh, to what you just said, I think that one of the things, like, it is so scary, like, coming here and knowing no one, being all by myself, and I, I, it was so scary, and yeah. I, I had spent so much time, like, believing, like, do I have a place here, and, and, you know, all that, and I think that the thing I would say was just go ahead and do it, even if mm. you're scared, like, get out there, and, and connect with other people because like you said, there's so many people here who will embrace and help you. And, and, and yeah. And anybody who's listening that needs, you know, that might feel, you know, ostracized or whatever, reach out to me. Cause uh, my favorite thing to do is to connect people. Um, I love connecting and um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, any like, 30 second shout out for how people, you know, can get super pumped for women to the front music fest. Like, is there any one band we have anchored yet or any one new thing you're bringing to the table? Um, we are going to be the entire week before the festival. We're going to be uh, booking women as many venues as we can across the city. So uh, people will have an opportunity to hear more music from more women. That's amazing. Is there a website for that? Yes, www.womentothefrontmusicfestival.com. And also, um, 
with the other events that I'm doing, melissamckinneymusic.com is perfect. So helpful. Oh, Melissa, thanks for being here. We're going to have to have coffee and tea and talk more about all of these things. (laughs) I'd love that. Well, again, thanks for being here. And as always, this is Art Heroes with JPH, where we share tips and tools of our community's most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in and please connect by visiting bizradio.us or on Instagram or the web at arthero.biz. We'd love to hear your show suggestions or any questions you may have. And as always, stay creative. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.